Let's go to the book of John tonight. John chapter 9. John chapter 9, verse 13. Does anybody in here like mysteries? Alright. I, I love mysteries. I, lo- I love a good mystery. Uh, I like trying to figure out mysteries. Um, you know, I used to I used to like playing Clue um, when I was a kid. I was pretty good at Clue. Uh, I, I kind of had some different strategies and methods I would use. And... Um, I, you know, I, I was pretty good, you know, figuring out, you know, who it was that killed somebody and with what they killed them with and where they killed them at, like you do in Clue. Uh, but I, I love mysteries. And, um, but I've seen, you know, I've, I've watched some on TV that are really good ones that, boy, they really have you know, on the edge of your seat and wondering what's going on. But then I've seen some that were just really pathetic. It's like, okay, that couldn't have been any more obvious. And here in the Bible, we have a group of people trying to solve a mystery. Anyway, that's how they're all acting. But there's really no mystery here. It's really very obvious what happened, but these people just can't wrap their minds around it. And there's a reason for that. And it's the same reason that for so many, a lot of things when it comes to Christianity and just flat out common sense just don't make sense. Some people just can't seem to figure out. They can't seem to wrap their minds around it. And there's a reason why some people just can't seem to figure this Bible out. You hear people all the time, ah, the Bible is just it's too hard to understand. I can't figure it out. No, it's not that hard to understand. There's a, but there is a reason it's hard for some people. So I want us to read this story from John chapter 9. But we'll start reading in verse 13. And I want you to just kind of watch as this, this group of Pharisees are just kind of agonizing over this, trying to figure out what's going on, and yet it's so obvious what's going on. And we'll so we'll read in verse thirteen. It says, um, "They brought him, or they brought to the Pharisees him that aforetime was blind." Right before this, we're not going to read all of it, but Jesus healed a blind man, like he often did, restored sight to somebody who was blind. And so the Pharisees they bring this man. It's almost like this guy's in trouble because. He, you know what he's doing? He's going around telling people, I was blind and now I can see. I was blind and now I can see. This story is where we get that statement, I was blind and now I can see, that we uh, sing about an amazing grace all the time. And then verse 10 says, Therefore they said they unto him, How were thine eyes open? This is what a mystery they're trying to solve. How were your eyes open? They knew he was blind before. You know, this man, he was, he was a beggar there. He was somebody that everybody had seen before. He'd been around for years. And so they, they knew that he was blind and it was obvious that now he could see. It's just like when somebody gets saved. It's obvious when somebody really gets it. There's a real change that takes place in their life. And that's always exciting for us as Christians when we see that. But sometimes it's a mystery to the world. It's no mystery to us. But it is to them. And verse 11 says, He answered and said, A man that is called Jesus made clay and anointed mine eyes and said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and I received sight. Then said they unto him, Where is he? And he said, I know not. They brought to the Pharisees him that aforetime was blind. And it was the Sabbath day and when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Then again the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He said unto them, He put clay upon mine eyes, and I washed, and do see. Therefore said some of the Pharisees, This man is not of God, because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. Others said, How can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? 
And there was division among them. They're in there. They're having an argument amongst themselves. Some are thinking, no, he broke the Sabbath. He can't be from God. Others are saying, look at this miracle. He must be from God. So this debate's going on that often happened amongst the Jews. And then in verse 17, they say unto the blind man, again, what sayest thou of him that he hath opened thine eyes? He said, he is a prophet. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him that had received his sight. And they asked them, saying, Is this your son, whom ye say was born blind? How then doth he now see? His parents answered them and said, We know, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But by what means he now seeth, we know not. Or who hath opened his eyes, we know not. He is of age... Ask him. He shall speak for himself. They're saying, this is our son. We know he's our son. We know he was blind. We, we weren't there. We don't know who opened him. He's an adult. Ask him. But he's already told him two times what's happened. And then verse 22, these words spake his parents because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if any man did confess that he was Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. Just notice how... Basically, they say, right, we want you to tell us what happened. But if you tell us what we don't want to hear, you're going to be in big trouble. You know, that's kind of how the world is sometimes with mysteries and things. You know, they, they want the answers for all these things, but don't you dare bring up the Bible. We obviously don't really want the answer, do you? Yeah, we'll talk a little more about that. But then verse 23, Therefore said his parents, He's of age, ask him. Then again called they the man that was blind and said unto him, Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that where I was blind, now I see. Then said they him again, to him again, What did he to thee? How opened he thine eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and ye did not hear. Wherefore would ye hear it again? Will ye also be his disciples? I don't know if he's being kind of smart with them here. I don't know if he's just baffled that they keep asking this question and he asks them, Do you want to be his, do you want to be his disciples? And then they says in verse uh, 28, Then they reviled him and said, Thou art his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. We know that God spake unto Moses, as for this fellow, we know not from whence he is. The man answered and said unto them, Why herein is a marvelous thing that ye know not from whence he is? And yet he hath opened mine eyes. Now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God, and doeth his will, him he heareth. Since the world began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? If this man were not of God, he could do nothing. They answered and said unto him, Thou wast altogether born in sins, and dost thou teach us? And they cast him out. I mean, really just an amazing display of just stubbornness and the closed-mindedness of these Pharisees. They often were like that. They're trying to solve a mystery in the story where there's really nothing mysterious. They're asking questions of this man. They're asking him over and over again. And the answers are right in front of them. They're arguing a case where there is really nothing to even argue about. And this story, just the question that comes to my mind is why couldn't these people just accept a truth that was so obvious? It was very clear what had happened here. I would think 
with all the other miracles Jesus did, with all the other stories that were out there about Him, that finally they just would have said, clearly, this man is of God. It took some people a long time. I think about the centurion when Jesus was, after Jesus died on the cross. After all that, He said, truly, this was the Son of God. Many didn't believe until after the resurrection. I mean, it, and many didn't even believe after that. And then they would always go debating and arguing and trying to figure out what had happened. And it was clear what had happened. And we see this same type of thing go on in the world today. We see just maybe, you know, our politicians sometimes. I'll, I'll listen to them argue and just debate different things. And to me, the answer is so clear. You can find the answer in the Bible, but don't you dare bring up the Bible in politics. You know, I would just love it one of these days if during a presidential debate or something, if whenever they're trying to, you know, for example, maybe, maybe on the gay marriage issue, if one of them, instead of going into all these fancy, politically correct, don't offend anybody, you know, speeches that will please both crowds, if one of them would just start quoting Scripture and then, boom, be done. That was his answer. Just quote some Scripture. You know, in the beginning, maybe that male and female created he them and then just shut up I would love that I would love that but they, uh, you know they would get ridiculed big time just like Jesus did and so why is it that people struggle so hard to accept very clear truth well I believe there's a few re- uh, few reasons we're going to look at and one of them same thing with these people same thing we see today the one of the reasons they refuse to accept the truth about what had just happened, we see in verse 16, it says, Therefore said some of the Pharisees, This man is not of God, because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. Others said, How can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? And there was division among them. You know, that when it comes to the Sabbath day, you remember anybody remember what Jesus said about the Sabbath? Because they were always getting on him about the Sabbath. And Jesus made the statement, he said that Man was not created for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was created for man. The Sabbath day was meant to help man. He knew we needed a day off once a week. We needed a time of rest. This was to help man. But the Jews, they made a bigger deal over the Sabbath than even God did. And they were always trying to, you know, Jesus would go help somebody. And they're like, you're not even supposed to help anybody. You're not supposed to do anything. They, they took it a little too far. What, the problem was, what Jesus did did not fit their belief system that they already had. They had a set of beliefs that they had come up with. They had their teachings. They had their traditions. And there's many other examples of some of those things in the Bible. We're just looking at this one. They had their set of beliefs. They had their traditions that were the final authority in everything. And what Jesus did did not go along with their set of beliefs that they had. We see that all the time in religions today. Where maybe a religion has come up with certain practices, they've come up with traditions that maybe they've done for hundreds of years. And you can go to them and say, look what the Bible says. But they won't They won't listen. They won't pay attention. And... They, you can, you mean, you can, you can show them the results, and it's like they just can't see the truth because they are so stuck on their own tradition. They're so stuck on their own belief system. And when people didn't agree with them, they would try to make them. I mean, we see them here literally forcing 
these people to believe Him. Even the parents, they're really afraid to say anything because they already said that any that would confess that Jesus was the Christ, they were going to cast them out of the temple. People, I don't want to get cast out. I don't want to be put out. I don't want to be put out of there. I don't want to be excommunicated. And they would basically force people to believe what they wanted them to believe. And so, uh, so people are scared. You know, there's a lot of people like that. I believe today in America, maybe politically, that believe like we believe, but they're afraid to say anything. They'll get kicked out of all their little groups and things that they're in. They'll lose, maybe they'll lose some of their popularity. Maybe they'll lose some of their financial support. And they get scared because there's people out there that they've got a clear agenda. They've got something that they've already decided they wanted. And you can go and you can throw, you can quote Bible to them. You can show them the results. But yet, it will not change their mind. I think about, you know, in our own country, you know, I, I believe the welfare system in our country is just is destroying our country. And you know, you can show the results of that. You can show the politicians the numbers and it's like they just don't see it. They they don't care. You can look at morality and where it's heading in our country today. You can see what, you know, the just the devastating impact that immorality is ha- having on our country, physically, spiritually, and yet it doesn't matter. They have this belief system that Whatever you feel like doing is okay, and go ahead and do it. And that that is their belief system. And no matter what we show them that proves that that's false, it's like they still can't see it. And then they're trying to solve these mysteries. You know, why is it that so many lesbians are on antidepressants and on medications? Maybe it's their lifestyle. Oh no, it can't be that. It can't be that. It must be because of all the bigots out there. It must be because of all the people making them feel bad. And but no, it. Maybe it's their lifestyle. But no, no, it can't be that. All these people out there, you know, that go and kill other people. And it just happens to be that their weapon of choice was a gun. And you try and they're trying to figure, you know, what is the cause of, you know, it must be what mental illness did they have? Have you ever heard of evil? Maybe they were just evil. There's evil people out there. Evil's a real thing. No, they're mentally ill. That's the problem. You know, all man is basically good, you know, and but evil guns are out there. You know, the guns are evil. And if it weren't for those, then we wouldn't have any problem. And you just can't seem to convince them otherwise. And it's because they've got their own set of beliefs that they are not going to change on. You can show them the results, you can show them the scripture, and it doesn't matter. And that's where these Pharisees are. They're going there, inter- they're, I mean, they're pretty much interrogating this guy. You know, tell us the truth. You know, what happened? Four times they asked him, how did you get your sight back? And he's telling them the truth. And But no, it can't be that. That can't be it. You know, they, I mean, they see the way things are just going downhill in our country. You know, just all the shootings and things that are going on in the schools. And you know, if you dare bring up, well, maybe it's because they took God out of the schools. Maybe it's because they you know, are keeping the Bible out of there and the Word of God. Oh no, it can't be that. It can't be that. No, it, no, it's got to be something else. Let's go look somewhere else. I'm sorry, it, it's that. It's that clear, but they refuse. They refuse to accept that because it doesn't fit their beliefs. It doesn't go along with their agenda. Another reason the Pharisees did not believe this story is in verse 28, it says, Then they reviled him and said, Thou art his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. You know why the Pharisees didn't like Jesus? 
because the Pharisees, they had declared themselves and had most of the people convinced that they were, they were the top-notch, elite group of people. Now, this kind of reminds me of Baptists sometimes. We can, we can get like that. You know, Baptists, uh, especially amongst the preachers, sometimes they get their little groups together. And it's like they have these contests of, you know, who's the greatest? And no matter what the results are, their group's always the greatest. And uh, it, it's, you know, it, I, guess it, I guess it's a human nature thing. And literally, if somebody is not in their group, it's like they can't do anything right. I mean, they can go lead a hundred people to Christ, but if they're not from their group, if they don't go to their meeting or whatever, they're not in their camp as they call it sometimes, well that guy he must have used, you know, he he went against the word of God, you know, he didn't they'll try to find something wrong with what they did. And really that was why the Pharisees didn't like him. Jesus didn't come into their group and, you know, act like they were the greatest. You know who Jesus tended to hang out with? The sinners. You know, the publicans. People like that that the Pharisees looked down on. And they thought, no, he's not buttering up our group. They're, and because we are the great ones, no, he can't do that. If he's able to heal people that are blind, he's obviously better than we are. Well, that can't be. And the truth is, if Jesus would have just made a big deal about these people, if he'd have been following them around telling them how great they were, well, they'd have been all over it because then they could have taken credit. Yeah, Jesus was our group. Yeah, we're with Him. But it was clear Jesus wasn't with them. Jesus was meaner to those Pharisees than He was to anybody else. He was nicer to the woman at the well who had five husbands than He was to the Pharisees. And because they thought their group was the only one that could be right. said, so you're Jesus' disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. So, you know, Christians now, the way we, you know, sometimes the way they do it, well, you know, I went to such and such Bible college. You went to that other place. And they will, they'll elevate themselves based on that. And it's ridiculous. It, it, it's, it's, I guess it's a human nature thing. But uh, verse 29 says, We know that God spake unto Moses, as for this fellow, we know not from whence he is. Where'd he come from? He's not from our group. He doesn't, he doesn't bear our name. He didn't graduate from the Bible college we graduated from or anything like that. Therefore, he can't be that great. He can't be that good. He could not have healed somebody that was blind. If he were right, he would love us. He would be with us. He would show up at our meetings. And the truth was, these Pharisees weren't that great. But you know, it's hard for people to admit that. Sometimes we've got to admit that, you know what? Maybe we're not as great as we think we are. I, you know, I personally, I like to think. I'm not, I'm not trying to, I, I like to strive for this. I don't, I don't know if this is a bad attitude, but, you know, I'd like to think we're the best church in town. <laughs> I'm, trying, you know, I'm trying to be the best we can, but at the same time, I always want to keep it in my mind that maybe we're not. And so, maybe we need to keep on trying to stay close to God and just checking up with Him. Not be comparing ourselves among everybody else and just asking ourselves on a daily basis, Lord, are we doing what You want us to do? We see what happens. The Bible talks about comparing ourselves among ourselves. How that, That's a very foolish thing to do. And, the, and these Pharisees, you know, with the Pharisees, to look at them, everything on the outside said they were the best. They wore the fanciest clothes. 
as far as the law, I mean, they kept the law the best. In fact, you know, you, I, I don't believe Jesus ever really accused them of not following the rules and the laws that they said. He mainly got on them because they did it, but they did it with a bad heart. And we know that God cares more about the heart than all that outward stuff. But many times as uh, individuals, we can be like that. And Jesus, He wasn't in their group. You know, we got to be careful with that. It's like because you know, there's people out there. They're good people. They're doing right. They're trying their best. But you know, just because they're not in our group doesn't mean we need to go running them down. We don't need to go trying to find fault with every little thing that people do. Sometimes we just need to focus. On what we do. If something good happens in another church, if great things happen there, you know, we ought to thank God for it. And, uh, you know, everybody likes good news from a far country. I was just reading Brother Johnson's prayer letter back there. He's telling some of the stories about people that have gotten saved. I think they had 27 people that were saved this last month. They, they witnessed the two guys that uh, were voodoo witch doctors that got saved and they promised to burn all of their voodoo stuff that they have. That's exciting. But you know what? Sometimes if, if that happens locally, people get all jealous and bent out of shape. You know what? It's just jealousy. And that's what it was with these Pharisees. Jesus wasn't a part of their group. They, didn't have, they couldn't take any credit for this amazing thing that happened. All those other people that looked up to them and thought they were great, they feared that these people are going to start looking at Jesus more than they look at us. And as Christians, we, we, that ought to be the goal to get people looking at Jesus, not at us. But also, they refuse to accept the truth because if they would have accepted his story, they were afraid, afraid they would lose some of their power. Verse 34, they answered and said unto him, Thou wast altogether born in sins, and dost thou teach us? And they cast him out. Don't you try to teach us anything. You were born in sin. I don't know why they said he was born in sin. You know, maybe, maybe it was a known fact that his parents, maybe they weren't married uh, when he was born. I don't know. Or we know often the Pharisees would think somebody must have committed some sin because they were blind. Oh, he's blind. He must have committed some kind of sin. He must have done something really bad. Even Jesus' disciples, I believe, they asked, you know, who sinned? Was it this man or his parents? And you know, it wasn't because of any sin. You know, sometimes bad things happen just because bad things happen. You got and be careful with that. Just you see something happen, like wow, what did they do? That was bad, dangerous, dangerous attitude to have. And the, but the truth is, with them, if they would have accepted his story, if they just said, you know what, we believe you. I don't know how many people were there that day. I imagine there was probably a lot of people watching. I would think that if a guy received his sight, that everybody knew he'd been born blind, that there's going to probably be a little bit of a crowd gathering around. And I think the Pharisees saw that. They saw the stir among the people. They heard the chatter that was going on. It's like, you know what? We are in danger of losing some of our followers. And they thought, man, we've got, we've got to do something here. We're going to lose some of our power. And if they would have said, we believe you. This man must be of God. Do you know what all their followers would have done? They would have ran from their presence to the presence of Jesus Christ. And that was not what they wanted. They didn't want to lose their power. That's why sometimes 
you know, the politicians, I mean, no matter how clear the truth is, they just won't accept it. Why? Because they're going to lose some of their power. They, they do not want to lose power. They are not willing to give up power. Even religions, they're not going to give up that power. I mean, if, boy, you know, if, if certain religions were to admit that, you know what? Getting to heaven is by grace and through faith alone in Jesus Christ. Well, they're not going to be able to have a strong hold over those people anymore. They can't threaten them with hell anymore. They, and they're going to lose power. It would be, I mean, I, you know, if somebody, if I thought somebody had the power to stop me from going to heaven and to cause me to go to hell, as much as I think I'd probably do about whatever he said to do. That would be great power over me. And many, they are not going to accept the truth because they are not going to give up that power. They are so power hungry. I mean, they are blind to what the truth is. Well, the problem was that these Pharisees, they were, they were spiritually blindfolded. But the blind, you know, it was, I guess when they were blindfolded, I mean, it's like they literally were covering their eyes. Nope, this can't be it. I'm not going to look. I'm not going to listen. I will not accept that. I will not believe it, even though it was right there in front of their face. They couldn't handle the thought of somebody knowing more than them. You're not going to teach us. You are a beggar that was born blind. You clearly are a sinner. Otherwise, you wouldn't have been blind. And we are not going to let a sinner teach us. There are many people today that they, they, do, they struggle sitting in churches where maybe, you know, it's a, you know, maybe a younger pastor. You know, that young guy. There's no way he knows more than me. It's not about knowing more. It's about whether the truth is being preached. You know, one of our visitors, I, I appreciate it. They told me, you know, they say, hey, you know, we know, we know you're young, but you know what? When it comes to preachers, they said age doesn't mean anything to us. What matters is are you preaching the Word of God or not? And that's exactly the attitude you ought to have. Whether it's an old, an old man or if it's just a young child, they're preaching the truth. That's what matters. doesn't matter how educated they are. I've known some preachers before that I'll hear them preach and I'm like, good night, I would love to have their brain. I'm listening to them quote all the Scripture. Man, they know how to use all the big words. They're so... I mean, boy, they just are so intelligent. I'm like, good night. I wish I was that smart. And I've heard other preachers too that, you know, they they could preach, but they they didn't really impress me with the intelligence. But you know what matters? Is it from the Word of God? And many people... They are. They're just. They can't stand the thought of somebody knowing more than they can. I, I've heard teenagers preach messages much younger than me, and I heard them preach, and I'm like, I never caught that before. I learned something from it. We could all learn something from everybody if we would just have an open mind to it. But some people just can't do it. And these Pharisees, same way. Another reason too they couldn't accept the truth is they refused to humble themselves and show that childlike faith that we're supposed to have. For them, what, what needed to happen that day, for them to solve this mystery. I mean, here they are, they're just interrogating this poor guy. How did you get your sight back? Four times, I believe, they asked him, How did you get your sight back? I told you. Why do you keep asking me? Are you wanting to be his disciples? This is what happened. Why am I in trouble? I'm just telling you what happened. If they would have accepted that, they would have had to admit, you know what? We've been wrong about this guy. We've been wrong. Well, we should have treated him better. 
They're thinking, maybe they're thinking about all the things that they've said about him. Maybe to many of the people in that audience. And for them to say, they, they couldn't do it. I was wrong. And they needed to humble themselves and really show that child. And it still took a childlike faith. That's the kind of faith this man had. Hey, whether he's a sinner, I don't know. Whether he's of God, I don't know. This is all I know. I was blind, but now I see. He just looked at the simple facts and that was all it took. Childlike faith. We, you know, we don't always understand how God does the things that He do, but we don't have to. We just need to accept them and believe them. What they were doing, they chose to make things difficult. I mean, it was that clear. It was that obvious. So like, no, this, this can't be. We cannot accept this. And they made it a big. They made it into a big mystery. They made it into a big debate. They made it difficult. And just like many people, when they don't get the answer they want, they just refuse to listen. Finally, in verse thirty-four, they just they throw them out. You know what? We're not getting the answers we want. They were trying to find something, some way they can accuse Christ, some way they can prove that this was a hoax. They couldn't do it. So what did they do? They just drove them out. And you know what? That's almost always a sure sign that they've seen the truth. Is that's when they stop arguing and they quit listening. But when you refuse to listen, you're committing the same sin of the Pharisees, and that's just stubbornness and pride. And First Samuel 15 verse 23 says, "For rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry." Right? I believe this passage of scripture is just a great example of what we see going on today. You know. I so said, sometimes if I want to depress myself, I'll watch the news. And I'll listen to people debating things on there, and I just get aggravated. And I'm thinking, and you know, and usually, if by some weird fluke, somebody ends up on the news, or somewhere in the debate, you know, maybe it's something on the radio, and some, by some fluke, somebody gets in there and, like, actually uses scripture and makes sense. Boy, they shut them down so fast. You know, if if you want to be a regular on these news shows, you better not start quoting scripture. You better not that you will not be invited back. Why? Because that's not what they want to hear. That's not. They've already got an answer that they've decided they want, and they try to find people that will tell them what they've already decided and what they want to hear. And that's not the way to the truth. The same, the same thing. You see it amongst religions. See it everywhere we go. And it's basically, people do. They've got their own set of beliefs that they've already decided is truth. They've got their group. And everybody outside their group's got to be bad. They're not going to give up any of their power. And they are not going to humble themselves. And that's why they can't figure out. And sometimes the people, maybe Christian people who are right, they sometimes it's like, why can't these people figure it out? And sometimes people will start thinking, they'll start listening to those groups and thinking, maybe we're wrong. If all of these people can't figure it out, and boy, they sure look smart. They sure sound smart like the Pharisees. But the truth is, they're not. They're stubborn. And they're rebellious. And they literally are covering their eyes. They don't want to look. And as Christians... We, that should never happen with us. 
And I know I'm talking to Christians tonight, but this message, I, I hope this example in the Bible will just help us understand what we're up against. And you know what? Sometimes so you know you just have to just step back and say, you know what? I obviously can't help these people. If they're not willing to listen, if they're not willing to open their eyes, you know, there's some people you're just you're not going to convince. And sometimes too, for a new Christian, uh, you know, I've seen this happen before, where maybe somebody they get saved, and the truth is so clear to them now. I've seen this. I've seen this many times where they got saved and they see what the Lord did in their heart, and man, they're just excited. They get it. They figure it out. And you know what? Usually, people like that do. And it was just like this in the Bible, and it's the way it should be. You know what they do? They want to go tell maybe their friends, their their close family members. Hey, listen to what I learned. And they'll tell them about what the Bible says. And you know what the people do? They, they put the blinders on. I don't get it. No, you're just, you're just going through a phase right now. This is just a new thing you're trying. And, they, and they're, they get frustrated because it's so clear that why can't they see this? And they get really discouraged because they can't seem to convince everybody. It's so clear to them. But they can't seem to convince anyone else. Why can't they see it? And sometimes they'll start to think, maybe I'm wrong. And the truth is, they, can, they could see it if they wanted to. But they don't want to. And so, all we can really do is just keep on doing what we're supposed to do. Pray that maybe they will end that stubbornness. And, you know, and then just move on to the next person that is willing to listen. And that, that's what we need to do. Don't be spiritually blindfolded. So let's, with that, we'll all stand together tonight.